This is Rowena from Pretty Creative, and my drink of choice is an ice-cold white wine. I'm Gemma from Contently Driven, and my drink of choice is red wine. And I'm Michaela from Inspired Office, and my drink of choice is a sparkling white wine. Work-life wine time supports the responsible consumption of alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) Work-life wine time supports the responsible drinking of alcohol. And remember, seize all the opportunities you see and create a business you love. Hello, ladies, fellow workwives, everyone. Welcome to Workwife Wine Time, this week's podcast coming at you. It's Gemma here with you today, as well as our amazing Michaela. And today we are doing something a little bit different, a little bit special for you. We're talking about how and why it's okay to change your business model because we're both currently evolving and working through amazing changes in both of our businesses um, as well as our businesses also coming together. Ding, 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 ding. Excited. (laughs) Sorry, a bit excited. A little bit excited. We decided to um, yeah bring something to you today to start to talk about it in an open and honest environment. So, so I guess probably um, a good place for us to start is if we talk a bit about the journey of our businesses. Because how long have you been in business now with Contently Driven, Gem? Uh, for me, it will be about a week away from officially two years. That's awesome. So I'm one I'm one year on from you. So in January, I'll start my fourth year in business with Inspired Office. Okay. So how many iterations has your business gone through in that time? Like what version <laughs> of Contently Driven are we currently in? Oh, look, who knows at the moment? <laughs> <laughs> Well, what version are we moving into? Well, the version we're moving into is, I guess, almost the version which, when beginning Contently Driven, is what I wanted but didn't know I wanted. (laughs) Yeah. Right? You can relate to that. So I guess my, my original... I guess, idea of creating it into a, a business, you know, with an ABN uh, was for uh, the means of freedom for travel. So I was still living overseas at the time, uh, which I did for three years. And whilst I was teaching, I started freelancing, copywriting and some a little bit of marketing stuff here and there. And my idea in my head was oh cool this is awesome I can do this as freelance here and there make some money and keep traveling right so that's Mm -hmm. what it what it started off to be uh little did I know what it would morph into but uh at that time I was teaching and I was doing marketing and copywriting so it was like the two things were there 
but they weren't together. And then when I got home, I was still teaching online for quite a while. And then I stopped that. And then there was sort of, I guess, this disconnect. So where I'm morphing into now is more so bringing in my teacher coach background of what I love doing of empowering others and helping others and doing all of that all within my business now. So that's, yeah, I've done, I guess this almost 360 of finally putting the pieces together and doing (laughs) that I want to be doing, which is almost similar to you, right? So where's, where's inspired office sitting right now or morphing in? (laughs) Well, I probably like if I start from the beginning where inspired office started was I just started out as a virtual assistant because I just wanted my own business. Um, uh, my son had, I'd had to move my son from mainstream school the year before and spend some time homeschooling him and, or helping to teach him and implement some strategies for him to cope with his anxiety, which had sort of gone off the charts a bit at mainstream school. So I spent my first year of having him at home just working out how to eat school um, because that's the the school from home system we have in Tasmania. It's called Tasmanian eSchool. And then the second year started and I went, okay, well, he knows how to do that. He can sort of manage that on his own. I need to do something. I need to use my brain more than I have been because grade four work was just not doing it for me and I need to earn an income. And so I thought, well, the easiest way for me to do that is to become a virtual assistant because I've been a project manager and I've done all these other things. So virtual assistant is something I can totally handle. And because I decided that I needed my business to be successful because I did need to generate an income quite quickly from it, I also joined a business school program uh, for women. And in that program, I learned very quickly that I really enjoyed working with women. And at that point, I was working with mums in business uh, because they were the women targeted by the program. And I I learned very quickly that their biggest struggle was with tech. So I kind of moved from virtual assistant who just did general admin everything into tech VA, which is more focused on setting up the tech for businesses. So that's setting up your email marketing platforms or that sort of thing. And from there, I then kind of, I joined, I sort of spent the first 12 months doing that Then I joined a mastermind and in the mastermind, again, I learned from the other women in that mastermind, what their biggest struggles were, what their problems were. And a lot of that was time. And because I love tech so much, I started to learn more about automation in business. And I'd already had a basis in, you know, the email marketing platforms and things. And so then my, from being a tech VA, I moved into be becoming an automation specialist so currently I work a lot with coaches and people with online programs helping them set up their onboarding content delivery and offboarding processes through a CRM or an email marketing platform and doing that sort of thing so that's how I kind of morphed to where I am now 
However, where I'm going next year is I'm actually doing what you're doing and moving more into a coaching space because I have, I love helping people develop. I love helping people develop their skills. Um, I like seeing just a little bit of improvement, like that really motivates me. Um, and I actually spend a lot of years in as, as a dance and drama teacher in my late teens and early 20s. So I really enjoyed working with adults doing that. So I know I do have the love of teaching and coaching. Um, and I've also spent the last six years working in the productivity field uh, as another role I have with a private company that I'm about to finish soon so I can purely pursue my business. Um, and so... What I'm moving into now is more teaching people or coaching people how to better manage their time. And part of that is also how to use the technology in a good way, like managing your email, because email for all of us goes insane. And when you own a business, it goes doubly insane because you're trying to keep up with your emails. You're trying to work out what your tasks are and your actions are to keep your business going. But then you've also got to focus on how you want to move your business forward because none of us want our business to stay stagnant. And so we really need to focus on creating results and creating the time and the strategies to allow us to do that so we don't just get caught up in the machine of the business. And automation can go some way towards achieving that. So I will still be keeping the automation part of my business. But really a lot of it is about mindset and planning and having a productive mindset and understanding efficiency and priorities in your business. So it's really being focused on the results that you want rather than just being busy doing things, which is a big lesson that I've been learning in the past few months. I think it's also really important to understand if your business is aligning with you, you know, whereas it, it may have started that way. Uh, and I think for me, I was not so much playing safe, but doing what I knew I did really well, but missing that yeah. part, you know. Absolutely. Well, that's why I started as a VA. It's like I knew I could do that really well. I knew I could do it in my sleep. It's like when I first had my kids and then moved to Tasmania where I live now and got my first job, I had a toddler and a baby and my toddler, the baby slept well, the toddler not so much. So I actually actively looked for a job where I could do it without thinking. It was no stretch. It was really simple and easy for me to show up completely sleep deprived and do a really good job. And I kind of feel like that's where I started in my business too. It's like I picked something easy that I knew I could excel at with very little effort. And now I'm coming to the point where it's like, right, now I really have to stretch myself to move into this new phase of my business, which I'm officially calling Inspired Office 3.0. So <laughs> you'll see that come up as I send you ideas and things. But, um, yeah, it's I really need to stretch myself. I really need to get myself outside my comfort zone. I need to do things I've never done before. Um, and I need to learn new skills and apply new skills. So for me, 
I suppose my business has sort of followed my personal growth trajectory as well. Mm, absolutely. And I, I, think I, I think about it, looking back at my past working life, uh, I'm always one to what I thought was get bored. And that's why I've always, you know, stopped. If I couldn't grow in that job, I'd leave that job and get another one. And I'd leave that and do something else. And I'd leave that and do something else. And yep. because when I get to that point where I can't grow anymore, I am so, I don't, I always looked at it as bored, but I think it's because I'm not, I'm not growing. I'm not learning anything new, you know, and I'm such a learner and such a developer. And, you know, once I've already learned that and I've mastered it, I'm like, okay, what's next, please. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, and I, and think, I think like, happened in my business the same thing you know yeah well that's what I was going to say because if you work for an organization there's I mean more often there's not there's the opportunity to apply for the role next role above you and there's like I mean I I spent the last gosh 13 years I think in state government and I had a permanent substantive position um, that was pretty much my main role for the whole time but I was constantly off doing a project. It's like this project will come off. So I'll go and spend 12 months doing that and learning all these amazing new skills. And then I go back to my permanent position until something else came up. And then it's like, oh, so I'm off. I'm going to try that one too. So in, you know, in government and in corporate, there are those possibilities. But when you run your own business, you know, you tend to be the job at the top of the pyramid. Mm. So I guess you need your business to grow and expand so you can grow and expand. Otherwise, there's nowhere for you to go. Mm. Absolutely. And if, if you keep, yeah, if you keep playing playing it safe and doing the same thing and the same thing and the same thing, how are you, how are you going to grow that? You know, and it's fine for some people. They may, they may be, you know, super happy with that. But if you're someone like you and I that just needs to learn more things and do more things and then master that and go to the next thing and, yep, great, learnt that skill now, now I need to do this, you know, it, it's, yeah, it, it, I think if you keep doing the same thing in your business, then you're going to feel the same things that if you were in, you know, corporate or government and you keep, you apply for that role and you don't get it and you apply for that role and you don't get it and you apply for that role because, you know, your boss's best mate's cousin's dog got it and then you'll never get it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. going to be that, that same sort of thing of being stuck there, of being stuck in your business and it's not going to grow. And, and I, I think what's amazing in business is that you do learn different things so whereas I started firstly you know just doing copywriting stuff I saw mm -hmm. opportunities more so for marketing I'm like oh hang on I'm qualified to do that too let's do bits and pieces of this and you know I saw some people struggled a lot with you know writing LinkedIn profiles I'm like oh I can do that let's do a bit of this you know it's yep. really seizing those opportunities and seeing it and sometimes you grow into doing something you never actually really planned on doing uh which is what i was doing for a long time but at the same time i need to also be offloading what i know onto others and helping them grow in a way as, as well because that's i don't know that's what lights me up 
you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you really hit the nail on the head with um, the seeing the potential and seizing the opportunities because one of the things I noticed in, let's call it Inspired Office 2.0, which is where I really worked on setting up the automation for clients because they were getting busy and they needed to automate to free up their time more. One of the problems which I constantly came across and I'm still doing that work, so I still come across, is my clients don't have the time to put in to the setup of the automation what they need to for the automation to run. For example, if I'm setting up a CRM for people, then I need content from them. Like I need contracts and I need forms and questionnaires that they want completed. And I need emails because, you know, when you send off a form or send something like that, it's got an email attached. So if we're setting up an onboarding or offboarding process, even though this automation was going to give them time and space in their business, they couldn't find the time and space to provide me with the things that I needed to get it set up for them. So I, I was actually taking most of the heavy lifting of it, but they were still struggling at the front end to get me the information that I need. And I also notice it with um, my coaching clients, uh, as in my clients who are coaches, where I'm setting up their courses and automating their courses. Like they really struggle to find the time to create the content to give to me so I can create the course for them. So it's from seeing that problem that people are having, you know, everyone's like, oh, automation, that's awesome. But I don't have time to automate. You know, I don't have time to automate to save me time. <laughs> so that's why I'm now moving into the space where it's like, I want to change people's minds and thoughts about time and how they manage their time and what they do with their time and what results they want to get out of their time. So it's kind of, it's almost like I'm looping right back to the start. Let's get you back and sorted on what you're doing with your time. Then we can automate, you know, once you've got that first lot sorted, so you're more productive and efficient, then we can automate, which is going to free up even more time. And because you've got the time at the front end, you're going to be able to give me what I need to set up the automation. So then when you come out the other end, you're just going to have so much time in your hands that you can put into growing your business and doing new things. So it's, yeah, it's recognizing the struggles that my clients have been having and constantly trying to think, okay, how can I fix this? How can I fix this thing that has become, I've noticed has become broken. Um, and like, I even have had some clients who have engaged me to do automation work and the projects have pushed out and pushed out and pushed out and pushed out and they've ended up dropping them because it just became too hard. They just couldn't find the time to give me what I needed to be able to automate their business. And like, I provide guides and, you know, motivational emails and all sorts of things to try and keep my clients on track. But some people just have such a difficult relationship with time that, you know, it, it came to that point. They've paid for it. They've made the commitment. They want to do it, but they end up not being able to do it because they just can't manage their mindset around time and their results and what they want to achieve for their business. They're too busy being stuck in being busy. Hmm. 
Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it is, yeah, if it's it's really true. I, I wrote a blog about it, I, I'm going to say last week, uh, because for me, um, I'm learning more about time as well, but time has never really been an issue for me. Uh, mm. If I look back at everything I've achieved and all the things that I've done, and so many people do repeatedly ask me, how do you find the time to do that? How do you find the time to do that? Like, I don't know. I just do. But that's because yes. I have open awareness. Uh, I would always tell myself, yeah, I can do that. I've got the time. Oh, I've got the time. Oh, I've got the time. I'm going to be alive for, who knows, hundred years. I've got the time. Yeah, I've got the, I can do that. You know? So I always had that openness to time, but yep. I guess so many people don't. So offering that to help people manage that, I, I think will, change so many people's lives really yeah but as I said like I'm using it as an opportunity to solve a problem that I saw in an earlier iteration of my business hmm. back in so, 2.0 yeah back in 2.0 <laughs> so you know taking that into account it's sort of like well my business has to grow and has to change you know because what I I was doing it was working to a degree like you know 98% of my clients would follow through on the project and we would get them the results that they wanted probably 40 to 50% of those clients it would be a real struggle to get there but we would get there yeah it was just really sort of organic that my business is evolving in this way like I couldn't stay in 2.0 because I was getting frustrated with it I was not managing my time well because I'd schedule in the project and my clients couldn't meet the deadlines that I set. So projects would get pushed out and then all of a sudden people would be ready all at once and I'd have a really tight period of time where it was like just project, 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 project. Like I lost control of my time in doing it. So that's not the way I wanted to run my business. So that's what sort of helped me morph into this coaching program that I'm developing what I guess what tips can you give us for people that are thinking about doing this uh where they're thinking my business isn't quite aligning with me I do want to change my business model I want to change my services my offerings but I'm scared to do that what what, what sort of tips do you have to bring people out of that fear of, of change and growth? Well, firstly, I guess like my advice on what to do and where to go with your business, my advice and that aspect is work out what you enjoy. Because if you decide I'm going to deliver this service or this product, but you don't really enjoy delivering it but it's lucrative it's going to get old really quick life is there to be enjoyed to have fun come at it from a place of abundance if you're doing something because you want the money that it brings in but you are really not enjoying doing it then you're setting yourself up for a life of misery mm-hmm. so that's my main point there it's like ensure that what you choose to do is something that you're actually going to enjoy that was one of the biggest drags in my business. And now I've worked that out and I'm outsourcing the parts that I don't enjoy. 
as far as being brave and just doing it goes, I guess the most important part is working out your why, getting really clear on what is going to motivate you. When it starts to get hard and when it starts to feel really scary, what is going to motivate you to push through that? And, I mean, you and I are both um, self-coaching scholars in the Life Coach School program, and we have done an awful lot of work on our thoughts. So, you know, thoughts create your feelings, create your actions, create your results. So you need to work out what is the thought that's going to generate the feeling that's going to keep you acting the way you want to act. So keep you taking those positive steps to get you the results that you want to get. So if you can come up with your why, why you're doing this, what you think about that, how that makes you feel, what actions you take to get the results that you want. That's the most important thing. And then you've got something to keep reminding yourself when it gets hard, when it gets scary, when you haven't slept last night and you've still got to get up and sit in front of the computer and push through it, what's going to keep that going for you? How about you, Jim? What advice would you give? What do you have to say about that? Well, just as you were saying that to me, my brain was saying, I hope she doesn't ask me what I think because that's <laughs> oh goodness yeah I kind of I kind of stole the spotlight there a bit totally did totally stole the spotlight I I really well obviously I agree with all of that 50,000 10 times over whatever that number means who knows (laughs) whatever that is uh I like I said earlier if you're in a business where you're you're playing safe and you're doing that because not because it's easy, but because it's lucrative and because, you know, we all turn over the dollar signs and everything. I think you need to look at what actually is important to you. What really Mm. are your values? And for example, if say money isn't a value, then if you're turning over all these dollar signs for something that's not fulfilling you in any other way, then is that really what you should be doing? Yeah. You know, my, my biggest thing was not aligning my business with my values, even though I thought I was, but I wasn't. And my biggest uh, light bulb moment, I guess, was that I wasn't being myself in my business. And that's because of all these preconceived belief ideas I had of how I should act in my business and how my business should be and how I should be showing up and how I should be showing myself, you know, and that all the shoulds, all of the shoulds, you know, (laughs) and I, I guess it it is because of that, the the preconceived that, oh, if you run a business and you're a very super serious person and then you're very formal and, you know, that ain't me. But I, I, I think I, I was playing around with these thoughts in my head that if you don't perceive yourself or if you aren't acting super formal and corporate and all of that, then people won't take you seriously. Uh, well, why the hell not? <laughs> you know, like I'm a swearer. I love stupid things like South Park and all of this random stuff. But at the same time, I read 
super intelligent books and I do all of this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) All these weird bits and pieces and facets of Gemma that come together to make her whole. But I was keeping all of that away from my business because if I don't act this way, then people won't take me seriously and I'm not really a professional business person. Well, I said to that, fuck it, because at the same time, I am a swearer. And I don't know if you remember that <laughs> thing that was bouncing around Facebook years ago saying really intelligent people swear a lot. I'm like, hey, that's me. Yep. <laughs> Who knows where that come from? Who knows what kind of fake news that was or what kind of made up pretend psych- psychology study that came from. But that really <laughs> motivated <laughs> me. Yeah, that's right, mum. <laughs> I swear a lot, which means I'm super smart. So I have no idea going with this tangent. So please no that's okay you've 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 just triggered another thought (laughs) and the funny thing is like all the business advice is to be successful in business you need to stand out Mm. but we've all got these ideas that we must all be professional we must all act this way and we must all be exactly the same and therefore we don't stand out (laughs) like it's crazy why, why do our brains think this? It's like, you know, you, you do what everyone else has done and you follow the same track and mm-hmm. you're all professional and smiley in your pretty photos and you don't swear. No, do not swear in your copy. Yeah, right. I don't know where it comes from. I really, really don't. And I've been thinking so much about it and I don't know if it is because corporate government, you, you sort of should be that blending in same same robot type thing um, could be you know I I don't know but it's such a preconceived perception I think that if you're a super successful business person woman or man whatever then you've got a really fancy office somewhere in the city and you wear yeah really like expensive special suits and you definitely carry a briefcase and <laughs> yeah. you know and you either run or go to the gym yes totally you totally run or go to the gym and you totally have like your assistant following behind you who hands you coffees and you totally only wear beige or black colored powers <laughs> that totally means you're successful right where does this come from I don't know (laughs) I wonder like surely just to go off on another tangent surely men don't have this crazy belief like is is what's your experience in I mean because you know you've been in the corporate world I've my me in the government I worked for a, a female um politician in federal politics and in state government here in Tasmania I worked for the Department of Health and I worked like in nursing units so I very little men came into my realm of consciousness like there were a few sort of doctors and managers and things but most of my day-to-day work was with women so can you shed any light on that like have you had experience where the men sort of fit the mold too or do they just do their thing and let it all hang out all the time. Absolutely not. Uh, If you really want me to be very open and honest about this out in the world. Come on, let us have it. um, The boy club, 
that I was, I guess, stuck in for years and years and years uh, within media and Mm -hmm. agency land, I guess. They're all the fucking same and I'm not even kidding you. Really? Yes. You must like AFL football and (laughs) you must play footy with the boys on the weekend and you talk all about like your betting shit and whatever the hell it is and um you you do that really bizarre aussie mentality i am air quoting everyone you can't say that (laughs) she's air quoting like crazy i am um yeah the air quotes are going mad right now it's it's that mentality i never got where that you know oh, you, you hang shit on each other and you hang shit on the boys and you hang shit. And that means that I like you. And I, I battled with this for years. I'm like, mm, yeah, okay. So if you're being mean to me, that means you like me. I don't, <laughs> I don't understand. So yeah, it's that real. Um, and if you don't play AFL on the weekend, you were an AFL player that has now gotten that media job or something because, you know, you're injured, you can't play anymore. So it's that mm-hmm. real, you know, you do your work drinks on a Friday night, then you get up and you do your AFL on the weekend and then you come and you do all of that and you all sort of wear those real fancy, either that cool blue suit or whatever, and you have all this ranting talks and stuff. And, yes, none of them, they're all exactly the same exactly the same and that's that boys boy mentality they have and that I'm not even kidding you that's what gets them higher jobs and that if they just blend in and do exactly what their manager's doing and their top manager's doing and the top 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 one's doing that you know they they do all blend in they're all the same that's my experience because for years I was the only female of a a group of 10 um Mm -hmm club so I, I I'm sort of the opposite to you I've always had that boys boys sort of thing um yeah it, it, they are they they do from my experience they absolutely blend in and if you're not that <laughs> which I ain't um you won't get promoted and yeah that's what I've openly said on the internet because it's true <laughs> from my experience yeah <laughs> But yes, the boys are the same. They do all blend in. Yeah. Absolutely. So true. Yes. How, how do you expect to grow your business and evolve your business if you are doing the same thing as everyone else? And it's very much, I think, even you and I met with the, like what Rowena always says, you know, don't be vanilla, you know. Yeah. We're not vanilla, boring, you know. But we do still have this preconceived belief that oh, if we blend in and if we, we still be safe and we're doing what everyone else does, then we will be successful because we will be that successful business person that everyone thinks that's what we should be. But no, it's so not true. You know, why blend in when you can stand out? Stand out, be you, be different and just absolutely watch your business grow. And all right, I'm, on, I'm on a rant. My rant's happening. Yeah, that's okay. I'm comfortable. Keep going. And that's where I think I like how you found that problem of, of people you were working with of not managing their time properly and their thoughts they had about time. My discovery was the thoughts that people have about really truly being themselves. And that's yeah. where I want to step in and, and help um, because it, it's true. I was doing it for years. That's, you know, back with that rant that went for 20 minutes there, 
you know, <laughs> I, I wasn't being myself. And when you're fighting against yourself for truly being yourself, it's, it's not a pleasant space to be. And until you understand that's what you're doing, um, you won't see your business grow. So you may play safe and continue to offer services or sell products that are lucrative and don't align with you. You know, you may not mm. be open with your words in your copy. You may not jump on Facebook and say something stupid, which is something that is true to you because you have that fear of, well, people are going to say bad things back to me, you know, and that it, it yeah. happens. And that's, that's where, um, well, I'm not saying contently driven 3.0. I'm going to say contently driven the third. There you go. <laughs> that's where contently driven the third is morphing into is helping. And I, I truly believe it's far more difficult for women to be themselves because of the things we've been told for so many years, depending on how we grew up and things our parents told us, things our teachers told us, you know, um, you're, you're a female. So, you know, don't speak out of lines. That's not what girls do. And, you know, don't mm. hang up and down off the monkey bars. That's not what girls do. And, you know, don't, uh, don't speak back to a man because he won't like that and don't appear smarter than other people because they won't like that. And that's not what girls do. And, you know, and, Obviously, that's from my pure experience, but there's many different beliefs that I believe that as females we're told, you know, and it's probably to protect us. I don't know. But it's so much harder, I believe, for, for women to truly come out and be themselves. And let me tell you, when you do that, your business will just burst. Your entire life will change because you're not fighting with yourself internally anymore you really are truly being yourself and that's what I want to help other women do because it changes everything and my best friend Marina there's something she said for years and I oh hello light bulb I just didn't realize how true this really was because she's very open and honest about who she is and she would fight back with again the men and in all of her workplaces when because marina goes on rants if you think i rant she's next level and <laughs> she would always say don't suppress my personality and i was just like oh how good is that that's awesome she would always say that and it's so true don't suppress my personality let people be who they are and if people aren't letting you be who they are they're not your people and they mm. They don't deserve to be your people, right? Yeah, that's true. They really don't. That's absolutely true. Because if, if they are trying to suppress your personality, then they're probably coming from a place of judgment, a place of jealousy, a place of fear, right? Yeah. You don't want those people around you. Being yourself, you're going to create amazing things you're going to help other people you're going to just build so much from truly being yourself and then overcoming certain fears so that's where contently driven the third is going because I didn't know I was fighting against being myself for so many years I didn't realize I had these fears because in other parts of my life we were having this conversation earlier I am so fearless 
right? So I, I was like, why can't I just, you know, go to this dangerous country and run around a bit like, no, nah, she'll be right. It's because I had this awareness of fear, right? But in these other things where I was playing it safe and I wasn't doing this and I was hiding behind being myself, it was coming from a place of fear. But dun, 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 I didn't know that fear. And just my world's changed and my business is evolving and growing the same as yours, Mick, because we've just done these things and faced these things. And like you want to help people open up time and just create a whole different life and business for them. I want to do the exact same thing of helping people overcome not being themselves. And it's, mm. it's an amazing place to be to help others do that. Absolutely. I guess the biggest message that I want to get across in this podcast is that the path to business growth and business success is personal growth. As you grow and learn new things and try new things and become comfortable with stepping outside your comfort zone, your business will follow suit. Absolutely. And it's so true and exactly what I was just saying I would always step outside my comfort zone in other areas Mm. of my life you know but I wasn't doing it and it's it's so true change really is the only way you can grow and just step outside of your comfort zone and just see where your business will take you and it's it's a really amazing space to be in right absolutely and that is a wrap what an incredible place for us to finish that podcast on if you're not thinking please start to but thank you so much everyone for being here as always you awesome amazing work-wise fellow entrepreneurs female business owners remember change is the only way you grow and You're not alone because we all get it. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you enjoyed it, hit subscribe. If you'd like to learn more, then check out our website, www.workwifewinetime.com.au. While you're there, jump on our mailing list to receive special updates and offers from our guests. Until next time, take care and drink responsibly.